devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson and we're looking forward to the big game against Hulkiar on Saturday. The million pound game, nerves are jangling here in Devil in the Detail Towers. And to help us talk all about it, we've got Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hey Rob, you alright mate? Yeah, big game Saturday, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit nervous now, Rob. I've been nervous for like you know since before the Battle game, really, because I thought we we're gonna I expect us to beat Battle, and yeah, the nerves have really started to to kick in a bit now, mate. I've done nothing all day but drop screwdrivers and bits and pieces at work, you know, with my nerves kicking in. But it's excitement as well, mate. I think it's it's such a big day in a, in a big game and big following going. I think I think we're gonna have a great day, aren't we? And uh, you know, uh, this is what it must feel like when you get to a Challenge Cup final or something. Same sort of thing, but in uh, different circumstances, I think, mate. Yeah, like you say, it's, it's going to be exciting. Like you say, it's uh, you know a big game. The whole seems like the whole city is going to turn up at Ilkiar on Saturday. It's going to be great. Okay, hopefully, you know we're going to be talking about a victory next week and keeping our Super League uh, status for next season. Also, joining us on the show this week, we've got Ryan Wilson. Right, Ryan? I'm not too bad, Rob. How are you? Yeah, good. Looking forward to this game on Saturday. Very much so, very much so. Gonna be a, gonna be an epic, isn't it? Yeah, it should should be a decent game. Um, everyone's pretty buzzing around the club, so yeah, uh, really excited for it. Cool. So, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the battle review, we've got the news, we've got the amateur report, and we've also got the preview of our massive game this weekend against All Kingston Rovers at Craven Park. Okay, boys. So, what we'll do? We'll start with finding out who won the Devil in the Detail Player of the Year award. For 2016. Devil in the so the results have, have come in uh, for the uh, the polls we put out for Young Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, and the Podcast Player of the Year for 2016. Ryan, you know we've had some great performances, haven't we, through the season? And uh, you know our our listeners have, have put their views forward, and it's great to see, isn't it? Absolutely, and for me, it's a really difficult choice this year. There isn't anyone who really stands out as a clear. Winner for Player of the Year, there's a lot of players who have performed really well. Craig Copjack, Junior Sal, uh, Josh Jones, Justin Carney, Robert Lewis. So, you know, I, I imagine it was a very close uh, decision in the end. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see who's won. Yeah, so we'll start with the Young Player of the Year. Um, the nominations were Ryan Lannan, uh, Jake Bibby, Nia Levels and, and Sean Kenny. Uh, third place uh, in this, uh, in this uh, group uh, was Sean Kenny, Paul. Uh, you know, coming from Wannington... Uh, he's put some good performances and, uh, you know, well worthy of that third place spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's not been here with us that long, has he? But when he's, uh, since he has come in, he's, he's uh, sharpened it up in there. And he, like I said to you before, he's, I think he's still got a long way to go. He's, he's, he's a bit green, but he's got the potential of being a really good player. He's zippy and nippy around the rook, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, he's done, he's done really well since he's come in and, uh, you know, good luck to him. Second place in the Young Player of the Year award goes to Ryan Lannan. Uh, Ryan, you know, he's showed some good good performances this season when he's had a chance and uh, well worthy that second spot. He has, and he, he absolutely deserves it. Whenever he's coming, I think he's putting some good performances. Um, if he can just add a bit of size to next season, I think he'd be a great player, Ryan Lennon. He's only young as well. So, yeah, fully deserved. Yeah, so the winner of the Young Player of the Year Award for 2016 from the Devil in the Detail goes to... <laughs> Levels, Paul. You know, he's been outstanding, showed 
great tries, great moments this season, and well worthy of the the Young Player of the Year award. Yeah, I think he's had a frustrating sort of season as well, hasn't he? Where he's he's been in and out on the side, but you know, credit to him when he's come in, and no matter what position he's played in, he's played centre, he's played fullback, he's played on the wing, he's played at half back. You know, he's played all over the show this season, and he's never let us down when he's when he's come into the side. So, so yeah, I'm pleased for him, and he had a wow of a season last year, didn't he? And uh, you know, a bit of consistency and that, and he'll keep working, and hopefully he'll, he'll still be a sort of player next season. And uh, he's only going to get better now. He's he's a good he's a good player. You've only got to echo the comments, aren't you, Ryan? That Nile Levels is well worthy of that Young Player of the Year award. I believe so, and um, you know he he's played a lot of different positions, uh, as Paul alluded to, and you know he's come in and done a job, um, and especially how as well, like you know he played so well at fullback this year, like last year. Gaz has come in, Gaz has done a good job, but he's not one of these who spat the dummy out, he's just got on with it, and they're the sort of players you want on your side, so fully deserved, and you know, hopefully he'll have a, a long and successful career at Salford. Yep, second category we've got, the most improved player, Devil in Detail's most improved player of 2016, the nominations were George Griffin, Junior South, Michael Dobson, and Mason, Kate and Brown. Uh, in third place was Junior South, uh, Ryan, uh, most improved player, third place award, uh, you know he's showed some good touches this season, uh, and he's uh, you know it's good to get in that third spot. No, I, th- I think that's fully deserved from Junior Sal. Um, last season, I didn't rate him at all when we signed him up on a two-year deal. I was like, what are we doing? And then, you know, he really got his head stuck down during pre-season, and you can see the effort that he's been putting in the gym, and he's in absolutely top shape, and he's been one of our standout performers this year. So I'm surprised he's not won it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, fully deserved to be in that top three. Yeah, uh, the second uh, most improved player of the 2016 on the Devil in the Detail awards uh, was Mason Caton Brown. Paul, uh, you know, he come in, he scored some great tries, <coughs> some great touches, uh, and you know, second place in the most improved player of the year for 2016. You know, much deserved for him. Yeah, he could have won it, Mason Caton Brown, and uh, you know, uh, Junior Sal could have won it as well. They both done really well this season. I mean, Mason Caton Brown, especially, he's he's had his. Um, you know, fair share of injuries, hasn't he? He's been unlucky with injuries, but when he's come back this time, he, he looked like a totally different player. He filled out um, his pace, he's, he's lightning, it? and his try scoring has been really good. Junior Sow also, his try scoring has been good this season. I think he's top try scorer, isn't he? So, Mason Cattle Brown, he's probably unlucky not to win it, and um, I'm disappointed he's, he's, we're losing Mason Cattle Brown because I think he's a good player, a really good player, and um, it's, just a, it's just a really tragedy he's got to Wakefield, but this, uh, this is the way it goes, isn't it, I suppose? Yep. And the most improved player for 2016, according to the Devil in the Detail listeners, the winner is... George Griffin Ryan. You know, he's been outstanding all season and, uh, you know, to be voted the most improved player of 2016, you know, is, is much deserved for me. Yeah, fully deserved as well. Um... You know, he plays way above his weight, George, and he always absolutely graphs. I can't think of any really bad performances that he's he's done this year. And he, again, he's been one of them standout players. He's an absolute grafter. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, again, we can sign him up on a long-term deal because he's an exciting prospect for the future. Yeah, George Griffin, the winner of the Most Improved Player of 2016, Paul. You know, we've got half of the votes in that particular poll and it's like everybody kind of agrees that he's been outstanding this season and much deserved for that award yeah yeah well he got my vote George Griffin um, I remember saying to you after the old game at the start of the season when I went to all he was disappointed with the result and what have you and I thought god he's a bit he's a bit small in that George Griffin and I've said it loads of times on here and 
but he worked hard, but he just looked like he, you know, he was going to get found out. But he hasn't done. He's been brilliant, and like Ryan said, there he's a grafter. Him, he comes off every week, you know, when he gets spelled there, he does his twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and he's absolutely knackered, and he? he's puffing and blowing, and he just he just works his blood to water, doesn't he, every week? And you know, he's he's got better as the season's gone on as well. He's chipping in with a few tries there. He's he's getting a bit of an offload now as well. He's only a young lad as well, and he's got a, an hell of a lot of potential, George Griffin, and uh, like Ryan said, get him on a long term deal because it's people like him and Gareth O'Brien and Nia Levels you've got to build a team around we've got the makings of a very very good young side at Salford there's some really good young players in there and uh, you know, I'm delighted for George Griffin done really well yeah congratulations to George Griffin picking up that award uh, from everyone on the Devil in the Detail podcast much deserved winner on that one so here's the big one the Devil in the Detail podcast player of the year the nominations were Craig Cockjack Junior South Gaz O'Brien George Griffin and Josh Jones uh, in third place Ryan uh, was Gaz O'Brien first season at the Salford Red Devils uh, and showed some good touches and well worthy of a third place spot. Yes, it's been a good first season for Gaz. He's got an excellent kicking game, uh, really good communicator on the pitch as well. And you know when he's confident and, and playing well, he's, he's a really good player. And you know he's he's moved into the fullback role, which is a, a bit of a new role for him as well. And I think he's done he's done incredibly well to to start his uh, career at Salford in, in such a good manner and. You know, if we can again, it's I hope we can keep him on a get him on a long term deal because I think he could be a really good player for us. Yeah, Paul, got to agree with Ryan's comments there. Gaz O'Brien's come in, he's, he's come into that full back place, taking over from uh, Nia Levels and showed some great, you know, moments through the season. And I'm sure he's going to build on that for next season, hopefully, with, Sol- with Salford. Yeah, definitely. I remember when he sort of took that that full-back role and I thought, oh, perhaps he's not going to last long there because we've got a good player in Nile waiting in the wings. But prove me wrong, he's he's done really well and he made it his own, didn't he? He was he made it his own. He was first man on the team sheet. Well, one of them anyway, every week, wasn't he? Got a full brain. And, you know, the amount of try assists this season he's, he's done, he's links in the line really well. Very, very good going forward. Very good attacking threat. Very steady under the eye ball as well. And a really valuable goal kicker. So he's one of the linchpins of the side, isn't he, Gareth O'Brien? Like you say, I just hope uh, I just hope he's there next season with us. Yeah. So second place in the Devon Detail Podcast Player of the Year in, for 2016 goes to Junior South. Junior South, fantastic performances running throughout. You know, he's, he's also up there in the most improved player and uh, to be second place in the Devon Detail Podcast Player of the Year, you know, shows how good he's been. Yeah, he's, he's been brilliant. A, tr- a true professional junior this year. He- you know, you can tell how focused he is, and I think he's been a class above a lot of the players in our squad. They've all been great, don't get me wrong, but you can just see with Junior that he's driven and he's focused and he's determined, and you know, all his performances have been really good. And you know, he's scored a lot of tries this year, made a lot of breaks, and you know, hopefully, he'll put a good, a good performance on Saturday and get the lads fired up. Yeah, it shows how consistent he's been, Paul. In the three years we've had our podcast player of the year, he's been in the top three players. Uh, and it shows, you know, like I say, he's a nice bloke off the pitch as well. He's always got time for the fans. Uh, and it's great that he's, uh, he's, he's obviously second place in the uh, Podcast Player of the Year award. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he has. He's always got time for the fans, Junior. So, and, uh, you know, he works hard and he's, he's consistent. You know, he's more or less the same every week. And um, I think his defence sometimes, you know, is a bit dodgy, but he's, he's, a good, he's a good worker. He's dangerous with the ball. He's scored a lot of tries this season and he's made a few tries as well. So, I think again, he's probably unlucky not to not to win that award because he's, uh, he's he can't be far off being player of the year. But you know, the bloke who has won it's probably uh, just shaded him. I think. Yeah, I think. Well, the the winner of our Devil in the Detail podcast player of the year for 2016. There's only going to be one winner for this, isn't there? 
It is. Craig Copjack, uh, leader legend, Paul. He's put he's put some bodies on the line all season. He's been a fantastic performer and well worthy of the podcast player of the year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Huddersfield have made a made a mistake letting him go. And I was very surprised when when they let him go and we got him. And I thought their losses are gain. And you know, every week he's I can't think of a bad game. I can't think of one bad game he's had. He's he's come on. He's he's done his he's done his stint. And he's another one like George Griffin. He comes off and he's absolutely shattered. He runs the ball and he tackles really hard. He does a lot of the, a lot of the grafting and tackling as well, and you know he, he's he's been a real real leader for us. And with Tommy Lee going on moving on next season, I think you know Craig Copjack would probably be my captain. I think for next season, if he hopefully if he's still at Salford, so uh, I think we knew he was going to win that. He was going to be my player of the year because I've said to you loads of times today when you asked me for the man of the match. I think he's he's been in most most weeks, hasn't it? Or, or Michael Dobson. So uh, I'm really pleased for Craig Copjack, and uh, well done to him. Yeah, Craig Copjack, the Devil in the Details, podcast player of the year, Ryan. You know, he's put in some big performances and, you know, he's well worthy of that first place spot. You know, he got all the half of the votes, uh, so all the fans uh, are kind of unified behind that decision. He has, and it's been a tremendous, tremendous effort from Copy all year. He's really led by example and been an absolute grafter and just great, great tackler. And he's got the, you know, he's got the ball handling skills as well. And, you know, he just, just always seems to play well and, you know, you know, you can see he puts his heart into it, and you know, another thing as well, like you know, you can tell he loves being at Salford and and being around the club, and he's really enjoying it. And um, you know, I I really I sincerely hope he's with us next year, and you know, he's he's fit for Saturday, and we can stay up, and he can lead the side on uh, for the next few years. Yeah, I would say big thanks to everybody who voted. Uh, for the the players in our in our polls, Paul. You know it's great that all the fans, you know, interacting with us, letting us know what they think and who should be the noted the podcast player of the year. Yeah, definitely They've done a great job all season. The fans, aren't they, interacting with us on Facebook and what have you, and sending us their um, their, their free word match reports, and it's you know it's been great, and it reporting to them and that I've enjoyed doing my reports and bits and pieces. So big thanks to everyone who voted in our Player of the Year podcast polls. And now what we'll do, we'll look back at the victory against Batley last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils beat Batley Bulldogs 42 points to 14 in the, uh, well, the, the game on Sunday, Paul. Massive game for the club and, you know, the players came through it. They did, they did, Rob. And um, you know, Batley's a tricky place to go in it. You know, with the slope at at Mount Pleasant, it's um, it's a tricky ground. And John Keir's last game, so there's a lot of potential banana skins there. And uh, you know, the the slope did come into play because Batley actually won the second half, ten eight. But we'd done the the hard work in the first half. You know, getting a thirty four points to four lead, and it was a good, solid, professional performance. I thought in the first half, we scored some good tries. And, you know, a bit, of, a bit of an edgy sort of 10 minutes. We made a few mistakes in the first 10 minutes and I thought it was going to be one of them days. But, you know, Gareth O'Brien popped up with a good try and uh, created one for Junior Sow. And we never sort of looked back from there, really. Yeah, how important was it that Salford uh, started well? Some good early tries, you know, settled the nerves, both players and fans. Yeah, I think it was important, really. I mean, we got that 12-0 lead and then uh, Wayne Retty got a try back for... Um, 
we're battling you know, a couple of couple of mistakes really from us. We give a few soft penalties away as well. That's something we're going to have to tighten up um, going into the, the million pound game. It's like the, the Richard Silverwood appointment. I don't really see what that we've gained from that because since he's come, we've seemed to concede more penalties than ever. <laughs> but um, but no, we, we we scored some good tries in that in that first half and showed some good creativity. And what turned it for me was I think Wellaraki scored for about twenty five minutes and there was like a burst of three tries then in the ten minutes before half time and that sort of. Quiet and battling down. I think it took the sting out of them, really, because uh, you know they was they was causing us problems up until that stage. But um, going in thirty four four up, um, pretty confident there, really. Even with Batley coming down the slope in the second half, I thought you know they probably give us a lot more problems, which they did in that second half. You know they won it ten eight, two tries apiece, but Gareth O'Brien missed both the goals. So you've got to give them a lot of credit because it was a spirited performance from. But we did enough, and it was a professional performance from us, and we did the important thing and got the result, which was the main thing. Yeah, you don't think we should look too much into losing the second half, obviously. You know, you want the, the complete performance, you know, throughout, don't you, really? But did these up in mm. second half or did Batley have the, you know, the No, half? well, it's a bit of both. I think we eased up a bit, but I think you've got to give Batley a lot of credit. They fought well, but I think we, you know, I don't think Ian Watson will be, be satisfied with that. I mean, if we sort of play like that against Old Kingston Rovers, don't forget Old Kingston Rovers are no disrespect better to battle but we'll care a lot better side than battle so we've got to raise our game again we're going to have to play a lot better than that to turn all Kingston Rovers over um, definitely especially on their own ground I mean if you go back earlier in the season when we went to all care in the league game I think we scored the tra- we scored early I think we scored after about two minutes and sometimes that can uh, can affect you uh, scoring too early because I think all care were leading 30 points to six at half time they blew us away in that first half um, and we, we, it was a poor performance, probably one of the, the worst performances of the season away from home going there. So we don't want that again. And we, they've got some good players like like ourselves. I think they're a very similar sort of side to us all. Care. Uh, they've got certain players like Campesi, Albert Kelly, whether he plays or not, I don't know. Maurice Blair, they have got some some very and Mantilato. They've got some good individual players. So uh, there's there's people to watch out for, but. You know, I think we've got a bit to work on now, and I think confidence was the main thing. Beating Butler, you know, getting that confidence back after the London defeat, and the players had a smile on their face after the game on on Sunday. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, looking at the the three word match reports, a man of the match from our listeners, uh, Jamie Pilkerton says, "What a relief!" Uh, obviously, it would have been a relief. Obviously, you know, because people were, were a little bit concerned that, that we'd uh, come unstuck, but the players, like you said before, professional performance got us through. Yeah, they certainly did, and there was there was there was one guy I'd like to mention was Greg Johnson, who took a bit of flack, and he's had his doubters last few weeks, and you know why he's been getting picked over Daniel Vido, and you know he and Watson stuck faith with him, and he had a really good game I thought on on Sunday, took a few eyeballs, Batley tested him, you know being an ex Batley player, they, they they give it to him a bit, but he played well, scored a good try as well, so Ian Watson's got a bit of a dilemma in his selection this week through to put on the wing because Nia Levels didn't even get into the the nineteen man squad, he was. He was sorry. He was in the 19-man squad, but he was um, left out of the of the starting 17. So, uh, so there's a conundrum there for Ian this week. But uh, yeah, that was that was a pleasing aspect for me. Yeah, Chris and Janet Shenton halfway there, and their man of the match was Wellaraki. Chairman Bob beat the slippery slope, uh, and his man of the match was Michael Dobson. Good performance from Dobson on the on Sunday, getting the team round. Yeah, yeah, we stood with Bob on on Sunday, and I remember saying to him, you know, halfway through the game, how well Michael Dobson was playing. He was marshalling us around the pitch really well, like he does, and he did. He had a really good game. He kicked well, uh, he defended well. Batley, um, you know, they ran at him, they tried to tire um, Michael Dobson out and make him do a lot of work, but he stands up to it, Michael Dobson, and he'll stand up, do do the work, and he grafts, and and I was very impressed with him. I think sometimes with Dobbo, people don't always see what what he actually does. 
he does a lot of you know the unsung stuff you know the the graft um, uh, he, he definitely did on uh, on Sunday and he, you know he he got us round that pitch and you need somebody like that in games like that and you know marshalling you round and getting the forwards you know down the pitch with his kicking and that and I thought he did I thought he did really well and Gareth O'Brien did as well Gareth O'Brien was very um, very sharp I thought on Sunday and he caused battling all sorts of problems linking into the line scoring that great try early on and he also scored a very clever try at the end as well in the last last couple of minutes and set a few up as well so uh, so there was, a, there was a few standouts I thought in that game Yeah, Colin Reynolds very professional performance his man of match was uh, Gaz O'Brien Gary Williams one more effort uh, which is what us fans want just one more big game Paul and, and we get over the line don't we Yeah it's a massive game isn't it one, one more big massive game I mean at the end of the day, Rob, if if all the seventeen go out and give it hundred percent on Saturday, the result will be what it is, won't it? It'll be what will be, will be, I suppose. You can't ask for more than that. But you know, if we all go out there and and play to the best of our abilities, I think we can we can win. Yeah, and the final one is Pete Grimshaw. Job well done, and his man of the match was Wellaraki. Yep. So Salford secured their place in the million pound game with a forty-two points to fourteen victory against Batley Bulldogs on Saturday. And now we're looking forward to the big game against Hulkiar on Saturday. But before we start talking about that, what we'll do, we'll have a look at the amateur reports, which Paul looks at for all our local sides. Well, welcome to this week's uh, amateur report. We're getting towards the end of the season now, especially in the, the National Conference Leagues and that. So we'll start off in that National Conference League where there was a result in Rochdale Mayfield's final game of the Premier regular season. They beat Lee Minor Rangers by 36 points to 22 at home. So they have finished fourth in the Premier Division and will now go into the playoff semi-finals where they'll play Waffbrow Hornets at home on Saturday the 1st of October. The other uh, semi-final playoff is Lee Minor Rangers against Wigan St. Pat's. In, in another, another, those are elimination, if I can say it, elimination semi-finals uh, this weekend. Uh, Siddall finished top, West Hull finished top, so they get a week off. So it's the minor Rangers, Mayfield, Wath Brown, Wigan, St. Pat's, so the rest of the top six who will play off this uh, this week. There was another result in Division Two, Salford City Roosters' final game of the season. They were beaten 22 points to 50 at home to Lee East with tries from Salisbury. Nadinga and Bradley White and three goals from, from Muscat as well. So a disappointing day for the City Roosters, but there was some light relief for the Roosters. Well, big relief in a way, really. They've, uh, they've stayed up by the skin of their teeth. Dewsby Celtic were beaten at home to Blackbrook by 46 points to 14. Blackbrook, third top in the table, so it was always going to be a tough ask for Dewsby Celtic. But Salford City Roosters stayed up by a point. They finished on 10 points. Dewsby Celtic finishing on nine, so Dewsby Celtic, Stanley and Stanley Rangers going down. So well done to the Salford City Roosters. Had a tough season there, but they've survived and they'll be back in Division Two next next season. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League. We'll start off on Friday night, the 23rd of September, as we usually do with Manchester Rangers. They were playing Rochdale Mayfield Day. The match was actually abandoned uh, due to an injury to uh, a young lad called Connor Winfield, who was very badly injured in, in a challenge and uh, has been in hospital uh, suffering over the weekend. But I'm pleased to say he's, uh, he's going to make a full recovery by the sounds of things. He got a hairline fracture of his vertebrae, and you know, it's a quite a bad injury, that, but uh, really pleased to say that he's. Uh, He's up and walking about now, from what I've read on the on social media. So, uh, so get well soon, Connor Winfield, and it'd be great to see you back on the pitch soon, mate. The rest of the results on Saturday, the twenty fourth, Division Two, Leyland Warriors fifty four, Oldham Saint Anne's a twenty six. 
Division 3, Fitton Hill 28, Wollstone Rovers A14. In Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhinos 0, Little Hulton Reds 28, Bolton Mets 10, Rochdale Cobras 62, Garswood Stags 16, Manchester Rangers A14, and West Hart Lions 36, Berry Broncos A18. In Division 5, a great win for Langworthy Reds. Langworthy Reds beat Leyland Warriors by 60 points to 18. That's Leyland Warriors A. So that was a great win for, uh, for Langworthy Reds. And... Uh, they're doing really well in, in Division 5, currently second top behind our old St James, so, so a big result there for the Reds. The fixtures for this weekend are all on Saturday, the 1st of October. There's not many this week, but we'll start with Division 1, Folly Lane play Hindpool Tigers. Division 2, it's Berry Broncos against the Manchester Rangers. Lee Minor Rangers, 8 against Widnes Tigers. Rochdale Mayfield, 8 against Leyland Warriors. And Division 4, it's Berry Broncos, 8 versus Eccleston Lions. And Rochdale Cobras versus the Garswood Stags. Well, it's always nice to hear of uh, young local talent doing really well, and I'm just going to give a special mention now to Billy Brickhill, who, um, who was a former Caddies Head Rhinos player and Chester Gladiators. Uh, impressed uh, North Wales Crusaders on a trial this season and got a contract there and played this season. And from what I've read and reports I've read in you know, newspapers on social media, he's played really well this season. And congratulations to him because he's actually won the North West, sorry, the North Wales Crusaders Young Player of the Year award. So that's a fantastic achievement that for a young lad. I think he's 19 years old, so a great achievement there. And uh, I'm sure there'll be big things for him to come in the future. And it'd be great if we could perhaps see him in a Salford shirt one day. Perhaps that opportunity's gone now with him letting him go. But I was very sorry to, to see him go. From what I've heard of him, sounds a really good player and. Uh, Perhaps he should still be at the club, but he's done really well there at North Wales Crusaders. So fantastic achievement there, and congratulations on that, mate, and all the best for next season. Well, there was no games in the Northwest uh, Youth League this this weekend. Nothing was scheduled, but Folly Lane, the under 16s, have actually gone the whole season unbeaten, and they were crowned league champions over the over the weekend. So a fantastic achievement there for the under 16s of Folly Lane, and congratulations from everybody here on the podcast for that achievement. We've also got a fixture in Student Rugby League this uh, this coming week. On Wednesday the 28th of September, there's some college rugby league taking place. There's one fixture involving our local teams, and that's the Salford Red Devils. They play away at Morton Rugby Academy. That's Morton Rugby Academy and Salford Red Devils. That's on the 28th. Of, uh, of September. Oldham Sixth Farm play Hopwood Hall A, that's in Rochdale, so a bit of a derby there in that one as well. So we'll keep you posted on the results of that next week when we get them. So that's it for this week's Amateur Report. I'll catch you guys next week. Cheers for that, Paul. And now it's a big one. Let's talk about the big game against Hulkiar on Saturday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. Oh, big game on Saturday. So for Red Devils take on Hulking to Rovers in the million pound game, Paul. You know, it's going to be a big game. All the fans are up for it. You know, what a contest we look forward to. Yeah, if it's got anything like the Huddersfield OKR game of last week, and that was a bit of a cliffhanger, wasn't it? You know, with OKR in the post with a drop goal and that. So I hope it's I hope it's not like that because I don't know whether my nerves can set that. I just I'd rather just go and just go and hammer them for a bit of close like that. But yeah, it's got all the makings of a classic game, and it great day out. You know, all the fans are going to get there, and you know, I, 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 if you ask me for a score prediction like you probably will do afterwards, I've no idea of because it's just one of those those games, isn't it? Where I don't know, it's it's got to be on emotions and a new plays who handles the emotions, who handles the pressure on on the day. Really, I think. Yeah, 10 coaches going down, Ryan, uh, from the club. I think a couple from Langwithy Reds and one from Carazed Rhinos. You know, it's great that, you know, the rugby league community of Salford are coming together for such an important game. It, it really is. It's, uh, it's encouraging to see and, 
you know, it's a massive match, uh, probably our biggest game. I can't remember a bigger game, really. Does it ever get much bigger than this? You know, you win, you stay up, you lose, you go down. Everything's on the line. Mortgages are on the line, as we've seen. Players uh, vent the frustration through the media this week. So, you know, it's just going to be a massive match. And I don't know, if you're a solid fan, I don't know how you can miss this game. You know, anyone listening to this, you know, you've got to get there and support the boys. Like, why would you miss it? If, if we win this, it will generally be the best away day ever. But if we lose, unfortunately, it won't be. So um, we've got to go in there confident. Yeah, shades of, of 2003, Paul. You know, that was a big game against Lee. You know what I mean? Both sides going for the, the promised land of Super League and after John Wilson putting all that money up to keep us full-time, yep. it all came down to that one game. And it's a bit a bit like that now, obviously. You know, obviously staying up in Super League, that's the difference. That's the, the big money earner for us. But, you know, the pressure's there and, and those fans are, are feeling it and sure the players are as well. Yeah, of course, it, it's a bit, it reminds me a bit of like that, really. You know, I remember that, you know, the, the fans as well putting money in, weren't they? Forever Reds and that all donating a bit of money at the start of the season to give everyone, keep everyone full time. And that was a big pressure game. That And, and we, we come out on top that day. I remember saying to my dad, I don't want really much they enjoyed the first division. You don't really want another year out, outside the top flight. You want to get back there, don't you? I think the, the longer you stay out of it, the tougher it is to get back there. So, so yeah, this is a big game, this. And, you know, I said to you before, I've seen us relegated four times in the time I've watched Salford and you know, we've always done well and come back the season after and, you know, really sort of hammered everybody in that, that first division. But I'm not so sure now because it's a different concept now, isn't it? It's not like you go down and you finish top, you come back up, you play in the middle eights, don't you? And look how tough that's been for you know, for Lee. I mean, congratulations to Lee out, they've done really well this time and come back, but you know, if we were to go this time, it's it's not it's not as easy, I don't think, to get back anymore. So, uh, so it's a massive, massive, massive game, and I think there is a bit more in two thousand and three because, uh, you know, it's relegation here as well. It's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? But I don't know. It's, it just seems like there's more pressure on this one to me. Yeah, I think Ben uh, Ben Kikane, uh, like you said before, Ryan came out uh, and said it was you know it's uh, unfair on the players, uh, you know, to go through this. You know. Being I mean, Super League and having the possibility of losing the job, but do you think it's a sign that you know they okay half man's come out and said that you know our camp has been quiet. There's, there's no no voices coming out of the camp at all. Uh, everyone seems focused on on the game, you know the the game and the job in hand. You think it's a bit of pressure on Oki half coming coming on top from there? Yeah, I, I somewhat agree with Ben Kane. Uh, you know, it's not like football; these lads can't pay the mortgages off uh, in the short term. But ultimately, it's you know games like this which attract the media attention and you know these are the sort of games that are going to bring the sports to the next level and you know, ultimately bring more money into the game so but I do agree uh, we do try and promote you know positive mental health and I can imagine after that devastating loss against Huddersfield that you know that had emotionally uh, that had been emotionally draining for the side they must have been gutted in the change rooms after that game um, to, to lose the way they did um, so I, I can somewhat agree, but at the same time, I do believe promotion and relegation needed to come back in. You know, over the last sort of few years, it was just boring when it got to the end of the season. We play like witness, and it was for nothing. It was like a friendly, so that needed to come back. And you know, has there ever been as much excitement in the last eight years for a Salford game? I don't think there has, and we've that is because of promotion and relegation. It brings the crowds in. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there'll be a big following all setting off from Swinton Town Hall at 11 o'clock. If you want to book yourself on that, the co- another coach uh, with the, the 10 others that are going, uh, you ring the, ring the club on 0161 786 
uh, tickets uh, £15 for an adult or £20 if you're not a season ticket holder uh, Paul you know there's um, talk about 900 tickets sold so far um, and there's and there's obviously you know KR they've got tickets available at their end and, and there's lots of Reds you know scrambling around trying to get tickets from either them or from Salford uh, it's going to be great you know having a big wall of Red uh, at the game on Saturday yeah, it's exciting. I, I phoned up for my tickets on Monday because um, I couldn't really get down to the stadium this week with work and what have you. And um, it took me ages to get through. I started. I was phoning for about half two, and I kept ringing up and getting directed to Ticketmaster, doing my head in. <laughs> Eventually, this lovely lady called Sonia phoned me back about half past six. She phoned me quarter to seven. So I remember saying to her, "I thought you finished at five. You should all know we're staying here late tonight doing that." And it was a great commitment from the club. And um, she said, "I'm going to post them out to your first class, so they should be with you Wednesday." So I raced home from work tonight, opened the door, and they were there on the mat as I opened the door. And it, like Christmas, isn't it? Christmas Day, you know, my tickets are here. And, that, and that's brilliant. <laughs> and it's, it's a real buzz at the moment, isn't it? And, you know, after the, after a lot of the stuff that's gone on this season, you know, um, I just think it's great that there's, there's a bit of a buzz back at the club. And how good would it be if we can go and win that game on, on Saturday? And, you know, that'll really give us momentum then going into next season, I think. Yeah. Like, like you said there, Paul, you know, everyone's got a buzz, haven't they, now, about this game on, on, on Saturday, Ryan? And, you know what like you said previously, you know, if you're a red and you've got half a chance of getting there, surely, surely you've got to try and get to the game on Saturday because the team need us, don't they? It's just the the sort of uh, the build-up to the match is, is unprecedented. And, you know, when I ring my mates, because I'm always trying to get my mates and, you know, people to come and follow Salford. And, you know, when you say things like, oh, it's the million-pound game, good marketing, by the way. Um, you know, whoever wins stays up, whoever loses go down. We're playing OKR. They've got probably... You know, even more passionate fans than us, if that's even possible. Um, and the atmosphere will be amazing. It's on Sky and it should be a full house. Like That's the sort of things that people buy into. You know, Can you imagine if this was last game of the season we're both in like ninth or 10th and we couldn't make the top eight or we couldn't make the playoffs? It'd be like, well, what's the point? You would never get them there. So it's games like this that build that excitement and people buy into that. Um, so it's yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Before that game, I will be shaking. I won't say what I was going to be shaking. <laughs> oh, but but I'll have I will be, uh, I'll be very, very nervous indeed, Robin Paul. Yeah, well, say Ian Watson, big week for him, Paul. Obviously, with Tim Sheens, you know, going on gardening leave. Um, you know, it's it's his moment in it to stand up and and you know make a name for himself. Yeah, he could be an hero come Saturday night, Ian Watson and. I really wish him all the luck in the world and hope he is because it, it couldn't happen to a nicer bloke and he's he, he's done such a terrific job under under big circumstances sometimes. You know, he's had a lot to deal with, a lot of off-the-field stuff to deal with. It's not been his fault and he's never moaned once. He's never grumbled with me and you have been to his press conferences, haven't we? And he's just such a classy... He's a, he's a lovely bloke and, you know, I, I wish him all the success and I hope he's still the coach in 12 months' time. You know, we, we sat here in 12 months' time and we've had a really good season in Super League and Ian's still the coach because... He's he's done us proud this season, and I think it'd be fitting if we could go to Ulcar and and turn them over because I, I think they're out of order the way they carried on with Tim Sheens, and I think Tim Sheens is a bit in the way the way he's, he's let us down. I think in announcing that um, and sort of, it's disrupted us, hasn't it? And I think it'd be nice if we could go there and and send them down and uh, you know send them where they belong. I think. Yeah, I suppose it adds a little bit of spice on it to the game. Obviously, with Tim Sheens deciding to join Ulcar next. Next season, Ryan, you know, if even if there were pressures, you know, on the on both clubs, you know, for the big million pound game, that little bit extra is added by the the Tim Scene situation. It does. So this this is again uh, they nicked our coach, and you know they tapped him up when he was on a three year deal. It just sort of further adds to the excitement, and 
you know, how much is on the game and to the story of the match. So, you know, uh, yeah, I wish Tim Sheen's all the best. He, you know, he's a great bloke. I spoke to him a lot of times when he's been down at the club and you know, I was absolutely devastated to see him, see, see him go. Uh, you know, hopefully we can knock him down and he decides to stay with us. Hopefully, I'd take him back, personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it certainly does add to that excitement. Yeah, obviously, you know, Ian Watson has, has selection, um, you know, issues. You, you know, do you reckon he'll go with a similar side at Batley Paul or do you think he'll uh, mix it up for the big game on Saturday? It's a tough one, that, Rob. Um, I think he'll stay with the half-backs of Louis and Dobson. I, I think he'll stay with that. I think you've got issues over your wingers. At Batley, you went with Greg Johnson and uh, Josh Griffin on the wing. Well, June, to be honest, Junior Sal played on the wing in the in the paper. on the, the there. It's got um, Griffin has been on the wing, but it was Junior Sal who played on the wing. And he's not a winger, Junior Sal, and he got caught a couple of times, I thought. So I think you've got to you know judge it there. Do you bring Daniel Vido in? Do you bring Nile Levels in? I think you've got to play Sal in the centres, definitely. It's whether you play Josh Jones in the centres or you play him in, in the pack. I'm not. I'm not too sure on that one. But there's there's a few selection headaches there for him. So uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what he comes up with. Yeah, there's talk Ryan of, of Justin Carney being fit for the big game uh, on Saturday. You know what do you think? Obviously, you know the wingers are there to be selected. Carney's been out for for a few weeks, injured. Uh, do we throw him in in the biggest game of our club's history? If if Carney's fifty fifty, get him on that pitch. Uh, he is a warrior. Um, I've heard the same, like uh, my brother went and picked the tickets up down the ground the other day and Carney was there and he said he might be able to play so if he does, I think that'll give us a massive boost completely agree with, uh, agree with Paul Sorry that um, Junior Sal's not a winger he can't defend very well, he's good going forward but I would, um, I personally, if, if we can get Carney on that pitch just play him, don't have him on the bench, just start him we need to get off to a good start and we need to start them sets well so I'd I'd go I'd uh, I'd go with Carney if we can. I'd also uh, Josh Jones. I think he's so much better at second row, so much more effective. So I'd stick him at, uh, on the second row and uh, just just see. Uh, be interesting to see how we replace Adam Wall. Does Ryan Lanning come back in? But I'd definitely like to see us start with uh, Louis again at six and Sean Kenny coming off the bench. Yeah, Kenny. Uh, you know, has been you know really good this season, Paul. And you know, if, if given the opportunity in in a game like this. You know, it could be the making of him, couldn't it? It could, it could. He's looked, he's looked alright, Sean Kenny. He still looks a bit green, I think. Uh, he's still got a lot to learn, and it's a massive game for him. This and um, you know, pressure game for him. So, um, I think he can deal with it, though. I can think he can deal with it. He's got Logan Tompkins there backing him up as well, hasn't he? Logan's Logan's done well this season. Um, do we think we're going to see Craig Copjack, or do you think he's going to be done for the season? Mm, that's a good question, Ryan. It's Craig Copjack, our warrior, our you know, the main point of our pack. Um, for me, if he if he's fit, he plays. You got to you got to play him, surely. For me, what about you, Brian? Even uh, I definitely play. If he, if he puts his hand up and say I'm willing to take an injection and get on that pitch, you've got to play Copper for me. And and uh, Justin Carney, that they've been easily our top three players this year on the day. So yeah, anything to get these lads on the field. Uh, yeah, I know they've not played in like a week or a few weeks, but you know the potential match winners for us. So. Anything that we can do to have the strongest team possible on Saturday, whether it get them on the pitch. <laughs> another one, another one as well. Was Mason Caton Brown? Yeah, um, I've heard Mason Caton Brown's been fully fit for a few weeks. He's he was fully fit for the London game, so I've heard he was fit for the Battle game. He's not been selected, so I don't know why that is. Why why he's not been selected? I mean, we all know he's, he's leaving to go to Wakefield, but he's a very dangerous player. I mean, you've got to look at his since he come back from his injury, his try ratio. I mean, he scored he scored a sack full of tries, hasn't he, since he's come back? So. 
would you have would you have him on the side? I don't I don't know why he's not been being picked. So uh, he's another winger, isn't he? and and him and Carney on the wings would probably be your first choice wingers. So well, that's another that's another one to look at. Yeah, it'll have pace, it'll have power uh, to our attack, and you know we talked about you know the wingers. We've we've missed uh, Carney since he's been been out injured, haven't we? Uh, Ryan, you know, and I'm sure, you know, if he comes in and, you know, he gives us that, you know, good goal forward, Cotton Jack's there, you know, he, he gives us good goal forward as well. And, you know, that's what you want. You want to get the roll on, you want, you know, the momentum in, in Salford's uh, side. Uh, and with them two in the squad, you know, in the team, it, it could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, it gives a massive boost. And, you know, if, if I was, um, you know, if I was looking at a team sheet from an opposition side and saw Justin Carney was playing, I'd be pretty... Pretty annoyed. When you look at our squad compared to all KRs, we are a better team. There's no doubt about that. Especially now they've not got Albert Kelly as well and he won't be playing. We are a better side on paper, but we're so inconsistent, as are they. So all we need to do is turn up, give a professional performance like we did on, on the weekend, and we can beat all KR. It's, it's simple. If we just play right, play with art, Go for it. Just, <laughs> we'll just, just play your asses off, lads. That's what we want. Cut, the, cut want. the errors out as well, Rob. I think that's another thing for me. Um, in this middle eight, you look at the whole KR home game and the Leeds away game and the London home game. There's an awful lot of individual errors, weren't there? That we come up with silly errors and mistakes and that. And what well, you know that that that's one thing you can't afford to do on on uh, Saturday against all KR. Yeah, Campes is back for them as well. Well, Ryan, he's there. You know, main man. Uh, he's going to have to be watched on uh, on Saturday. Oh, absolutely, and we need to target him as well. Just absolutely snap him, go at him with everything you've got. Pressure on the kicker. It's the last game of the season. Don't care if you get a ban. Don't get red carded, but be clever about it. Just do whatever it takes to win the game. Be dirty, whatever it takes to win, but be clever about it. Just do whatever. Ever you can to win, like at all costs, win at all costs. That's all I'd say. Win, win at all costs. Uh, Ryan says, Paul. I think, like, I, like you said before, I think discipline's important. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, penalised for, you know, silly penalties, do we? Uh, you know, throughout the game, you know, it takes a lot of juice out of our tank and will build pressure, uh, which, which you know, the players and us fans can't really cope with in the million pound game, can we? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, like Ryan was saying before, I mean, I don't know whether Albert Kelly's going to play or not. I mean, no way now. They'll, they'll bring him out of an app, won't they, on uh, <laughs> on Saturday Saturday morning. But they've still got some other dangerous players. Morris Blair's a very good player. Very good player. Mm. He's one to watch. Josh Mantelato, I don't know whether he's going to be fit. He got a bit of a knock, didn't he, against Huddersfield. He's a, he's a good player. A good, good kicker of the ball. Good goal kicker. Um, as we've just mentioned there, um, what's his face, the, uh, the standoff? Campese, yeah, the memory blank then. It's the nerves that. Uh, yeah, Campese, yeah, but he looked like he was playing on one leg to me when I started against Stuttgart at weekend. He's, he's carrying injuries, isn't he? But he's a clever player. Um, I like Ken Seo as well. Think he's a good player. Um, they have got some individual talent. Lunt as well. The Uck is a good player as well. So yeah, they've got is. some. Cle- they've got some clever players. All KR and they're always good at home, aren't they? They've got that partisan crowd behind them, and it's always a tough place to go up there. I mean, I've not seen us win there. I've seen us win there a few times, but I've seen a few hidings there as well. So it's always a tough sort of place to go, and you've just got to be careful. You don't get beaten before you go out. You know, with the, the atmosphere and things like that, because it's going to be a pressure cooker game, and we've lost a few pressure games this season. And it's it's how we cope with that pressure, I think, and. Uh, I don't know if I was Ian Watson, I'd be saying to the lads, you know, we're the underdogs in this game. They're 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 the home side, you know, nothing on our shoulders, and uh, you know, try and take the pressure off the lads a bit. I think if I was him, yeah, I I agree with that. You got to try and diffuse the the you know the pressure that's building up, uh, Paul. 
like like you said, you know, it's all about the players just remaining focused and not getting distracted uh, by outside events and and being totally focused on on the game. And you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that, like Ryan said, you know, numerous times on this podcast, if the boys turn up, if they are able to put in a, a big performance uh, this week, um, they'll, they'll they'll win the game. And and that's that's what, what you know that's the important part about it. It's whether the boys, Ryan, have that ability to to go again and and put in a big performance again against OKR on Saturday. For me, for me, I think we just need to get them fired up for it. Like we, I've seen like Castleford away this year. That's probably our, you know, biggest away game this season in the cup. We're all getting optimistic there, and we didn't even turn up. The lads didn't play anyway near as good as they thought. I, I thought they could have. And I, I've heard this Tim Sheens, you know, he's a calming influence on the players. But if I was in that changing room coaching them boys, I would have them fired up as much as possible. Let's get stuck in. And let's go for it. And no one comes off that field unless they've given 110% and done anything within their means to win that game. That's what we've got to do. I don't want to see any of this, oh, we're going to play relaxing stuff, like keep the. I just want to see us fired up for it and putting them shots in from minute one. Yeah, we, we talked about that before, Ryan. It's like, you know, it's, it, the only people who can judge whether they gave it all was the players themselves. You know, they can come over, they can clap, they can wave us at the end, but. Deep down, it's up to them. They'll know what they put into this, into the game. And if obviously, you know, they put the effort in, we'll, we'll be able to see that, won't we? And whatever happens, uh, Paul, you know, as long as the effort's there and the commitment's there, you know, you know, what case there are, there are, whatever will be, will be, won't it? Yeah, certainly, certainly, mate. Uh, you know, I can take it if we if we go down, we go down. You still be there next week, uh, next season, every week, won't you? And that's how that's how it is for me, and it always has been. But as long as they give hundred percent, you can't ask any more than that. And if they do give hundred percent, like Ryan says, I, I think we we can beat all care. I think we we're, we're a better side than them. You've only got to go back to the start of the season. We pummeled St Helens at home, and it's the same side. The players aren't any different, really, barring maybe Tommy Lee who's not playing. We should have beat Warrington at home. We hammered him in the first half. Then we were unlucky in that second half. We were playing some fantastic rugby, and then we had all this disruption, you know, with the points deduction that sort of ripped the hat and soul out of the club. But we've still got that same bunch of players, and it's between the ears, I think. And you know, we, we've got the talent, and we've got the we've got the performance. I think we've got the performance in us to go and to go and do the business. Look at how we played against Huddersfield in the opening round of the, of the middle eights. We absolutely pummeled Huddersfield, didn't we? We didn't let him move. We was on him. You know, the defence, the defensive line was absolutely fantastic. We battered them. And I think that's how you've got to approach that game. Your defence is key to me. You come out and you, you defend like you defend your line for, for your life, don't you? And I think if we do that, we, we can turn all care over. Yep. Give us your score prediction uh, for the game on Saturday, Ryan. Will it be cheers uh, or tears on Saturday? I'm going to have to go with cheers and big cheers at that. Uh I think it's going to be really, really close. And I reckon we'll sneak a one-pointer in the last minute, Robert Lewis. I can we'll win 25-24. 25-24. Can you imagine, Paul, if, if, Rob, if Robert Lewis drops a goal with about a minute to go? Can you imagine the the, the emotional roller coaster ride you'd, you'd experience then? Yeah, Jamie Peake will have his binoculars out, won't he? Checking <laughs> if it went over uh, after all what he said last week. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if my nurse can take that one, mate. <laughs> I think I'll be yeah, I'll have passed out long before then. I think I'm on the fourth on the fourth tackle and I do roll towards the post. I think I'll I'll have a blank out moment then. I think with the, with the pressure building uh, that close to the uh, that close to the end, Paul. So what do you reckon? Will it be cheers or will it be tears on Saturday? Um, well, I've, I've backed us every week this season. I've never gone against us once, so uh, 
I'll continue that, mate. I'm, I'm going to... Some a friend of mine on Facebook, um, I think he's a Featherson supporter, he... Um, he said to me, would you give a prediction? I said, oh, I'm not going to give one this week on Salford. He said, well, I'll give you mine. And I looked at his and I thought, yeah, I'm going to have that. So I'm going to go with what he said is mine. I'm going to go 38-18 to Salford. I think we'll turn up. I think we'll turn up on Saturday and I think we'll do the business and beat them by 20 points. I really do. I'm confident. And, 20 points. Uh, yeah, 20 points, Ryan, that's a, that, that's, a, that's a big statement from Paul. Why not? Oh, yeah. Indeed. Big, big game. You know, we, we want big players, don't we, to, 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 to come and, you know, put on a performance and, you know, it's it's all about turning up, like you said, Paul. Uh, personally, I, I'm I'm thinking along the same lines. You know, we've built this game up, haven't we? Uh, throughout the week, the fans are all up for it. The players are going to be on social media. They're going to know, you know, what what it's what it means. Uh, and for me, it's it's just that moment, sort of before the game, where they're all sat in the changing room, they're all looking at each other. That that's the moment, you know, that they'll know if if, they, if they're up for this game or not, won't it? And I'm really hoping that there's there's people in that changing room, the likes of Dobson, you know, experienced pros. You know, going around making sure everyone's focused on on the game and and confident and you know not stressed out about it because last thing we want is a you know a stressed out team you know coughing up the ball and making big errors in such an important game like this, Ryan, isn't it? Yeah, you, you don't stress isn't a good thing, but I still think they need to be fired up, and that's probably one thing that we've lacked this season is that aggression. So for me, I'd have them fired up, and if that means they get a little bit stressed, so be it. Those guys need to go out there and give absolute everything. Be so fired up for this. And for me, it is absolutely imperative that we get off to a good start. If we can score two early tries in them first 10 minutes and our fans, the big amount of fans that are going to be there on Saturday afternoon, if we can deafen and just shut those OKR fans up, that will have a massive impact on them OKR players. And if we can do that and OKR get frustrated, we could potentially you know, do a do a scoreline that Paul predicted there, but for me, it's going to be a close nail-biting affair. I'm going. I'm going to go Salford twenty-two, OKR ten. I think. I think. I'm thinking a try with about fifteen minutes to go will push us clear. And, and obviously, you know, the ten coaches of Salford plus you know all the people going down, finding their own way down, will just will just lift the team and, and lift the you know the players for that last ten minutes. Because obviously, we we remember the uh, the cup final against Sheffield, the last ten minutes. If it's close, you know, people will be thinking back to that. But I think it's important, Paul, that, you know, us fans, you know, take that out of our memory bank and, and make new memories on, on, on Saturday. Yeah, why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> yeah, I've got to mention it, mate. It's, it's, it's part, to be honest, it's, it's part of the club's psyche. You know, it is. We've it never is recovered that, yeah, from that. We've said it before, haven't we? we haven't really recovered from that day. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. I remember turning around at my dad that day saying, I'm going to be going to Wembley, Dad, sort of thing. And he never, and I always remember his face. He looked at me and he didn't say anything. He just sort of uh, smiled at me as if he knew what was going to happen. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just hope, you know, we, we, we right a lot of wrongs this week. And uh, like you were saying there, Robert, about the, and, and Ryan was saying about the players being fired up. I think the players have got to do it for themselves, um, for their own pride. But I think they've got to do it for the supporters' pride. There's, there's an awful lot of people who watch Salford and, and that club means an awful lot to me. It means an awful lot to me anyway. And he's much more than a rugby team. It's like, it's a way of life, isn't it? It's something that we talk about all the time. And, you know, this season we've had, we've had a lot of things gone wrong and stuff like that. And these players have got an opportunity now to, to go and just wipe out that slate clean now and, and, uh, and put things right. And, you know, that, that's the only motivation I think they need for, uh, for, for Saturday, you know, just go, go and do it for yourselves and do it for the, for the fans. So that's the end of another podcast, Paul, you know, it's all about Saturday now. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be an epic encounter. 
Oh yeah, mate. I mean, I'm not bothered if it's if it's not an epic goal. I'll settle for a four nil win, a two nil win, or whatever. Just just get through. Let's just get through this game. But I think it's going to be a great day. It's really captured the imagination of the supporters, and you know, perhaps there's going to be supporters there who wouldn't normally go. So if we can get there and get a result, and you know, take that bandwagon on into next season, I think it's going to be brilliant. But if you can get there on on, on Saturday and, and support the the team getting there, because it promises to be a really really top day. Yeah, it's going to be a. A big moment, I think, obviously, you know, big moments. Uh, you look back in the history of, of watching Salford Paul like we have, and, you know, you could put this game alongside the, the 2002 uh, Grand Final and, 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 you know, other games like the Challenge Cup Final. You know, it's moments like this, you, you know, you want to want to become a fan. Yeah, 2003 Grand Final, 2008 Grand Final, um, the 96 Cup win against Wigan, Lancashire Cup Finals, 88 and 90. Yeah, there's been some. I've had some great days. Premiership final '91, '96. I've had some top days watching Salford, and I think this one's going to be going to be right up there. The '98 Cup semi-final, '97 Cup semi-final. You know, we lost both of them, but um, there were still great days days out and big memories that are in my mind. I just hope that this this Saturday, this this one sticks in my mind as being a, in a good memory because you know, without being too down in the dumps, I mean, I've seen Salford let me down as, as you have as well, Rob, a few times. So I'm hoping this this week we uh, we get a bit of justice because I think. The supporters have been kicked in the teeth, as I said before, this season quite a lot. And I think it'd be great, for, especially for Ian Watson, because he, he deserves it as well, for us to go to, to Craven Park and get the victory and you know, put, a, put a smile on everybody's face. And, and I think we deserve that. So, Ryan, enjoyed this podcast. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. You know, we are. It's going to be an exciting time, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Buzzing for it. Can't wait to see like a massive group of Salford fans in all. Uh, all KR fans there, probably the most passionate fans in the league as well. So... You know, I expect it to be an amazing atmosphere and, you know, if anyone, all the fans are listening to this, let's get revved up for this one and really show the players how much this means to us. Yeah, I agree with that, Ryan. You know, it's all about, you know, getting behind them at this point. They'll need us for that 80 minutes and I'm sure we're going to be there in big numbers at all uh, KR on Saturday. So thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and the League Cast app. So good luck Salford, this is your moment, make us proud.